Hello, guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living that life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Listen, we have a beautiful word today from the Holy Spirit, and if you can see from the thumbnail, 2024, God says this is the year of the remnant rising, the remnant rising. Well, we will know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. Let's get into it. So as I begin to write this word down maybe a week or so ago, I felt like this is an uh, an in-season word that the Lord has for us concerning the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. God says that this is going to be a time in his body where he is going to raise up and he has been raising up a remnant people that will not compromise, that will not back up, that will not retreat, that will not um, compromise the truth, the spirit of truth that lives on the inside of them. And as I mentioned before in my last video, I talked about the spirit of compromise. I talk about how God talks about that in the book of Revelations where I talk about the compromising church and the lukewarm church where I think God is raising up no name, not so popular people, not so big ministries, but people that are willing to speak the unadulterated word of God and let the spirit of truth be heard in the earth. See, the thing about it is we're not doing anyone a favor. We're not helping the world when we suppress who God really is, when we decide not to take a stand for righteousness. We're not helping people. People are expiring in hell and they're going to hell and they're not opening their eyes in heaven. And as a result, it's because of a lot of people that have compromised or lukewarm or the people that want to fit in. But God says this is the year 2024 of the remnant that will be rising. God is vindicating his people. So the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. So let's begin to look at this. So if we look at the definition of the word error, what does that mean? That's the state or condition of being wrong in conduct or judgment. I'm going to say that again. The definition of error, the state of or condition of being wrong in conduct or judgment and it also talks about deviating from accuracy or correctness, a mistake as in an action of speech. And this is really important because we're dealing with a spirit of error and we're dealing with the spirit of truth. And it's a head on collision. But God wants us to be able to pull up the telescope and begin to see to remove the veil from our eyes as, as believers that we're able to see the spirit of error, even in its subtlest form. So the Hebrew word for error, is, it says it's a mistake to wander, to go astray. And then we're going to look at what does the word truth mean? The Greek word is aletheia, and it resembles English word, which means reality, the manifested unconcealed essence of a matter. I'm going to say that again. Truth means the manifested unconcealed essence of a matter. So this is what God is talking about. 
He's talking about the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. Let's look at that in scripture. So if we go to the scripture of first John chapter four, we see that in verse six, that the Bible says, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So the Bible clearly talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. But it talks about how do you know somebody is walking in truth or somebody is walking in error. It's clear. It's in black and white. It says, he who knows, God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So let's look at this. Let's look at this um, as God begins to unpack this and unfold, you know, the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. He began to take me to the book of Esther. And the compromising church and the lukewarm church, this is what came to my spirit. Esther 4 and 14, it says, Staying silent, God will use another. He will raise up another. Deliverance for God's people. Generations will arise with or without you. So the scripture goes like this. That's what the Holy Spirit gave me. But scripture says, for if you remain completely silent as this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews. God's chosen people from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have came to the kingdom or some virgins say the palace for such a time as this. So God is saying, staying silent, God will use another. He will raise up another for deliverance for his people. Generations will arise with or without you. But get this, the key point here is, you and your father's house will perish. So we think staying silent or compromising is actually helping people. But God has always had a ram in a thicket. He's always had a remnant. He's always in the Bible. If you would just go through your Bible and read about the different stories, he had a Saul. He had a Samuel for Saul. He had a Nathan for David. He had um, prophets a Moses for a Pharaoh. He had a Daniel for a Nebuchadnezzar. He's always had a remnant, a people that will not compromise. And the thing about it is those particular people are not really popular. Those type of ministries are not really popular. And, and the thing about it is the Bible says the path to destruction is wide, but the path to the kingdom of God and to heaven it's very narrow, and Jesus said, and very few find it. I heard a man say, he said, um, he died, and um, I think he was sick, and something happened to him, and he died. And immediately, he was in the presence of God, and he was at the gates of heaven. And he said that he saw at least 50 people come through the gates of heaven, at least 50 people that came through. And when they came through, when he got back to earth and got back in his body, he decided to do a check to see how many people actually died that day. And do you know that for that particular day, the number of people that died in the world was like 1,900. But he said that day he only seen 50 come through the gate. 
This is the part where Jesus talked about the gate is narrow, the, the, the road is narrow, and very few find it. So we know if God says that, then we know that there's so many that are blinded or walking in error. So this is why we're going to deal with the spirit of error today versus the spirit of truth, because a lot of times it's twisted, it's distorted. God's word is distorted and it's twisted. And unless you have a personal relationship and you're reading your word on a regular basis and have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will be led in the spirit of error and not even know it. The Bible says even the very elect will be deceived if it was possible. You know, some people quote that scripture and, it's, and they'll say the elect is going to be deceived, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says even the very elect will be deceived if it was possible. And we often miss that little part. And when you take something out of the scripture, it changes the whole meaning. So we have to be very careful that when we're listening to people, we're listening correctly and we ask for the Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear so that we're not deceived in any shape or form but God began to take me to the book of Esther and he said if you remain silent relief for the or deliverance for the Jews will arise from somewhere else in other words God agenda is going to get done with or without us so you can either get in alignment with the spirit of God or get ran over it's just that simple so we know that Satan has ministers in the pulpit, right? We know that. There has to be a standard by which um, teachings are tested to know whether it's truth or it's deception. You cannot turn your soul um, of salvation over to a man or a woman that is preaching the gospel. The Bible says you have to study to show thyself you cannot just listen to a teacher or a preacher you like and let them govern your response to God without searching the scriptures. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and study to show yourself approved. This is why people are being deceived because they have left the studying of the scriptures and the word of God to false teachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and even bishops. And as a believer, you have free will and you are allowed to have what you think, say, or believe. God will not override a man's will. And this is what people don't get. He will not chase nobody down and make them believe in him. So we know that there's free will in the kingdom of God and he's not into control or manipulation. So that would make him a witch, which is the very thing that scriptures speak against. So we know that you have a free will to to learn about truth and to get the truth. Everybody starts out at an even playing field. When everybody gets saved, we all start at an even playing field. So we all have the same Bible and it's up to us to search God out, to find him and to have a relationship with him. He is not mystical. He's not way up there in the air. He is a real God with a real agenda for eternity. And I suggest if we all want to make it there, we take the time and get to know the word of God and what the word of God really says. Otherwise, we're going to be led astray by deception every single time. You know, the enemy, he loves the people of God that are very ignorant to the word of God. And that's what he pray on. And, and, and that happens because he gets you bogged down with distractions in life. 
to the fact where you don't have time to pray. You don't have time to read your word. You don't have time to really fellowship with God because he know in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And, and the, that's where you're going to get your downloads. That's where you're going to get your strategies. That's where you're going to get the wisdom of God to help you to discern deception. You can't get that without being connected. And he know if he keep distractions that you'll never be connected to get what you need for this journey called life. It was designed for you to only win with the word. And he knows that if he can keep you from the word or keep you under false prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, false people that are speaking lies and you never study for yourself, you will stay deceived. And as a result, you will live in defeat. Witchcraft is the work of the flesh. Emotions, feelings, and mind control addictions and feel good sermons is contrary to the word of God it's witchcraft so we have to be careful that error causes people to err or get into extremes in the things of God so you can have some people that just don't know the word of God and then you can have some people that go to the extreme with the word of God and what do I mean when I say the extreme error causes people to err or get into extremes in the things of God. We get so extreme that we get religious. We have made the word of God of no effect because of traditions. We think we have to be in a church to know Jesus. God wants you outside of church, outside of witnessing, outside of all that stuff. That's a byproduct of being saved. God wants your heart. That's what he's after. He's not after a building. He's not after um, socialism. He's not after, you know, all of the things that we do when we do church. Church is great if it's in alignment with the kingdom of God. And it's a beautiful thing to grow you spiritually and mature you in the faith when you have a leader that is following Christ. But today we're talking about the spirit of error versus the spirit of truth. So God is raising up a new breed. He's raising up a remnant that will speak the unadulterated word of God. He is using men and women that will not compromise the truth for the sake of peace or the sake of just getting along or fitting in. This is not helping people. See, people are expiring. They're going to hell because people are not speaking the truth. Holiness, again, I'm going to say this, is still the standard. The Bible says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We see that it's in black and white in the Bible, but we still compromise. We still walk in lukewarm. We still want to fit in. We still want people to uh, guide us and not know God for ourselves. So what other people or generation would not speak because of the connections to ministries or individuals or cliques? He's using a no-name people. He's raising up a remnant people to speak his word. I believe this is by design because the more connected and popular you are, the harder it is to separate from the emotional and dysfunctional soul ties that we have with churches and we have with people that are not saved. Many <clears throat> money and members play a huge role in this as well. This is what the Holy Spirit says. Another key component is the dirty, dark secrets that others know about you or your ministry. This is why, like uh, John the Baptist, God sometimes will call some people, some ministers to himself so that the contamination is, not is non-existent. 
Sometimes when you connect yourself to so many things and it's tied up in money and it's rooted in relationships and emotionalism and it's rooted in witchcraft and control and manipulation, you it's almost impossible to speak truth because you have to compromise so much to the point where you're not even you anymore. Do not forsake yourselves to assemble. This is... Um, this is what the Bible says, but we, I want to say this. Make sure you're assembling with like-minded believers that will not compromise. See, that's the thing. He wants to keep you tied and keep us in relationships, even on the personal level, tied to things so that it's hard to disconnect when when people are need to hear the truth. He wants to keep us emotionally tied up like that. The Bible also says, know those that labor among you in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12. So we need to know who we're connected with. See, the world or the church in this day and time will tell you don't question the pastor, don't question the bishop, don't question this, don't don't put your mouth on this, don't put your mouth on that. But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12 to know those that labor among you. <laughs> and the only way you're going to know something is, is by way of the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. The Holy Spirit is the seer. We're not the seers. We can't see nothing if God don't show us. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. So we respect, we love, and we honor our leaders, but we ask God about them in the process. I'm going to say that again. Respect, love, and you honor people, leaders, all people. But in the meantime, in between time, you need to ask God about it to show you them. Is this where I need to be? Is this who I need to be connected to? Why is this person in my life? What is the purpose? I've done it on several occasions. I ask God, what is the purpose of this relationship for my life? And I've heard so clearly, she's a witch. I've heard it clearly. But unless I had asked that question, I would never have known that. Sometimes we have to ask God the hard questions and quit assuming everything is light and goodness and, and great. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into ministries, into churches and organizations. Acknowledge him, the Bible says, in all thy ways and he will direct our path. We need to acknowledge him. Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? Holy Spirit will lead and guide you in all truth is what the word says. What does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Well, let's look at this in John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, the spirit of truth we're talking about right now, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we know that the Holy Spirit will bring us to remembrance of the things that Jesus say. See, the Holy Spirit only testifies to Jesus. This is the spirit of truth we're still talking about. So, so if it's God, if it's the Holy Spirit, it's going to always point you back to Jesus, not to man. So we know this and we look at John 14 and 15. And it says, um, John 14 and 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is Jesus talking. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. 
And then he also says in John 16, 12 to 15, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth, as I just mentioned. So the Holy Spirit is testifying to Jesus always. And it only hears and he only speaks what God says and bear witness to Jesus. If it's not pointing you to Jesus, it's not God. If it's pointing you to the person, it's not of God. If it points you to the leader or the church, it's not of God. If it's all about the church, it's not of God. If it's all about your relationships, if it's all about finding a godly spouse, it's not of God. We need to be focused on Jesus. So I see a lot of videos, even on YouTube, and it talks about kingdom spouse. They have made a whole thing about kingdom spouses. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But when we start idolizing and focusing only on finding a kingdom spouse, and those are the only videos that we watch, it becomes an idol. Anything can become an idol. Anything that takes your eye off God is an idol. So it's nothing wrong if you feel like God is telling you about a person or a particular thing. But when the focus shifts from Jesus and it shifts to that spouse or it becomes idolatry. And we have to be very careful because I see that a lot. People are following these channels. And because the channels are gaining momentum and they're getting all of this activity, people are following, following the kingdom spouse thing. It's, it's becoming a thing. And it, to me, it's a red flag. I would, I would step back from that and begin to seek the Lord about that because look like it's become an idol. God likes to bless us with his creation, but we're not to worship it. We're to worship the creator. Jesus knows where we are at all times. He knows how to get a person to you. He knows where you're going to be tomorrow. He knows what grocery store. He knows what gas station. He knows everything about you. Every day was written before one came to be. We don't have to chase things, right? We chase Jesus. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6 and 33, and all these things will be added unto you. So we don't have to chase things. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord would overtake you. We don't chase things. We don't chase people. We don't chase money. We don't chase pastors. We don't chase things. We chase Jesus and all these things will be added unto you. That's how the kingdom works. And the Bible says in Zechariah 4 and 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That means you don't have to do anything in your own strength. God will bring all things to pass in his own timing. I just did a teaching about the perfect timing of God. We need to let God be God and quit playing the part of the Holy Spirit for other people. Because sometimes we get in the way of what God wants to do and through them and to, to raise them up and to begin to shape and form them into the image of Christ. We get in the way of that by playing the part of the Holy Spirit. So John 16, 7 and 8, it says he will convict. We're talking about the spirit of truth, the world concerning sin, righteousness and judgment. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness and judgment. He's the convictor. I just said that he's in charge. And so when God gives a word of judgment or a word of correction or a word of uh, to his body, we have to allow God to be God and 
quit being so quick to say, well, if God had a word for that person, why didn't you just call them privately? Well, if God had a word for that person, why didn't you just do it like this or do it like that? We don't get to tell God what to do. If God told us to speak something, then we speak it in love. Because that's not helping people. Tell that person in private. Tell this person. You don't know what took place before God told a prophet to speak a word. You have no idea how God tried to minister or get things to people and they completely ignored it. You have no idea. So we need to be very careful, very careful when we try to get in the way or, you know, we get an attitude or we get upset about certain things and we don't understand why God does what he does or if God is really speaking through people. I say this all the time. If you want to know the truth, just ask him. If you really want the truth. <laughs> just ask him God is amazing he doesn't want us to fall into darkness or deception he will tell you he will show you he will give you a dream he will bring someone to confirm and reaffirm the word but be willing to have an ear to hear and not hear what you want to hear he will convict the world of righteousness and sin and judgment and then Psalms 18 and 12 and 14 it reads like this who can understand his errors Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth, hallelujah, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So Psalm 18, 12 and 14, it says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me. This is why we say, Lord, create in me a pure heart and renew the right spirit in me. Because there's a wrong spirit and there's a spirit, right spirit. That wrong spirit is a spirit of error. But we want the spirit of truth. We don't always know what to pray and how to pray. But I promise you, if you put God first and you ask him about things that you don't understand, he will bring the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in all truth. And that way, when God says something through somebody, the Holy Spirit in you will bear witness with it. But when we are following the world, when we are hell bent on following people and idolizing things and places and churches and idolizing all these things, we can't even hear straight. And that's what I just mentioned in, in the book of John. The book of John, it talked about that. So we need to be very careful and, and begin to look at the fruit of Galatians 5 and 22 of people, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. You know, when I listen to different pastors, if someone asks me about them, the Holy Spirit will bear witness or God will bring confirmation or, you know, give me the wisdom. And this is why we pray for wisdom every day, because we need that discernment. We can't know anything on our own because the enemy is cunning and he's crafty. And unless we have the Holy Spirit, we can't see anything. So Galatians 5 and 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, someone asked me about another pastor. And he preached with a anger and a like a like just so angry, like he's so angry. And I said, he might be saying the right things, but what is the spirit behind it? 
because God is love. And the Bible says, with loving kindness will I draw thee. The Bible says, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The goodness of God, meaning, you know what that means? That means if you begin to see, taste and see that the Lord is good and just start, got to start bring to your remembrance how you was once in sin, how you never had it together, how he still loves you. That goodness begins to well up on the inside of you and you begin to say, Lord, I repent because that could have been me. So look at look for the fruit of the spirit, guys. Look for the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness when people are speaking. I'm not talking about eloquent speaking. I'm not talking about a polite spirit. I'm not talking about that. Because if that spirit has a politeness, but it's not teaching on repentance and it's not bringing people into the knowledge of the truth or there's no demonstration of power, the Holy Spirit is still not God. I don't care how sweet it sounds. Motivational speaking is not the word of God. I can use a few scriptures and have a motivational speech but nothing in your life changes. The Bible says the word of God comes with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit and conviction. If nothing about the sermon makes you want to change or repent, it's not God. So that is all I have today, guys. You be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. And until the next time, I will see you guys in the next video. Bye, loves.